Hello my dears, this is Annette of AnnetteLeonard.com back with Chronic Wellness. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I am talking today about how to metabolize a difficult diagnosis. So the doctor tells you it's terminal. The doctor says it is treatable but not curable. The doctor says, hmm, the test revealed this thing you've never heard of, and now you gotta go learn all about it and research it. Or, or the doctor tells you the thing that you thought he was gonna say, but you were really afraid to hear it. Any of these and more are these ground zero moments of receiving terrible diagnosis. And my wife believes, I'm still waiting to watch myself and the evidence that, that when these things happen in our life and in the last 10 years they've happened more regularly than I even care to examine, that we pick fights with each other because it's easier to argue about you know the silverware drawer or <laughs> who's picked up the laundry or not uh, than it is to argue about the thing we're most afraid of, which is my health, or pay attention to the thing we're most afraid of, which is my health. But um, if you are watching this video, I assume that you are familiar with this, either for your own self or in the life of someone that you love dearly. And it, it doesn't get easier. It doesn't get better. I would like to think that I've developed a thicker skin or a toughness around it, but I don't know that I've developed any more skill um, around these hard diagnoses and conversations. There's, there's a couple of things that happen for me. I think initially I kind of numb out. For the first few days, I just kind of set the conversation with the physician on a shelf. <laughs> and uh, this time it was that we left town for a couple of days in our little motor home and we just went camping and met a couple of friends down there and just forgot about it. That really worked. Sometimes it's, uh, we're not leaving town, so I just park myself in front of the television and binge watch some fluffy television show that challenges me in no way and has no difficult emotional content. Um, so numbing is a real practice of mine for a few days. I really work to try to not catastrophize, right? To try to not go down the path of like, it's gonna be like this and then this and then this and it's got a little, because I don't know how it's gonna go. And I have said here before, but it bears repeating, there are no less than two times that I've been given a death sentence. Each of them complete with the number of days until I would die, you know? <laughs> and, and I've blown past both of those expiration dates. And so I also only put so much faith in other people's words to me about how dire something is 
and and I believe that my thoughts have weight and value and that if I buy into how dire they're saying something is, I can certainly make it worse in my body. That's just me. That's how I treat things. That doesn't have to be what works for everyone and no shade if that's not what's true for you. But, but to calm my nervous system, that's part of the way I have to operate. So I think I likely <laughs> march myself through several of the um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages of grief. I can't name them all right here, but it's, you know, bargaining and denial and anger and few more and then eventually you get to acceptance and for me it's probably nothing linear and maybe even once I've gotten to acceptance I might need to walk it back and be mad and deny and da, 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 and then you know acceptance again and then the whole thing unravels I don't know and so what happened on Friday is that I met with the hematologist who was reviewing the ultrasounds that I'd had done of my network of clots. And not only have the clots that remained not dissolved, but I have new clots that have formed. I have new clots that have formed. And when one is on anticoagulation full-time, that shouldn't be happening. So a few things about that are true. Um, one, I am likely not on the right anticoagulant. Two, this is further evidence that I have something called lupus anticoagulation, which is not the same as the autoimmune disease lupus, although it is an autoimmune reason for anticoagulant for for having a clotting factor in my body uh the ramifications of this is really what i was mourning about this diagnosis and they range from the fact that i'm likely going to need to change what anticoagulant i'm on and the change will not be simple it also means um, that I'm going to need to be on anticoagulation for my life, which I didn't want. I thought this was a short-term gig. Uh, and that in and of itself is hazardous in a lot of ways and impedes a lot of possibilities and causes a lot of frustrations. Um, but the biggest impact of that in a more immediate sense is that with that diagnosis and being on anticoagulation like that, I will be precluded from ever being able to have a lung transplant. And that was my uh, long-term Hail Mary. I, you know, I'm, I'm inactive on the transplant list. Once I got approved for lung transplant in 2016, um, and my lungs started improving in 2017 and 18, I didn't come off the transplant list and just say, that's all, no more. 
I just went inactive on it, meaning I just have to take whichever tests are now um, too old in order to just jump right back on that list. And so it's a lot. It's a lot to take in, it's a lot to process, it's a lot to grieve, it's a lot to rewrite as far as how this goes and what it means and whatever, what other things in this system it impacts and changes and limits. So, I know I'm not alone. I know there are lots of you out there who are hearing and learning about your own difficult diagnosis and the hardships oftentimes about this is that you don't know anybody else going through it you know it's not like you and your best friend you and your sister you and the person next door just got told the same hard news it's just you trying to make sense of it, trying to figure out how to integrate this news, how to live with it, how to keep waking up tomorrow and doing the things that need to be done. And I'm here to tell you, you're not alone and you don't have to do it alone. Reach out, reach out to me, reach out to others in our community of people with chronic illness people with the same illness as you, people with different illnesses than you, don't do it alone. If you have questions for me, please reach out to me here on YouTube in the comments section. Go to my website, Annette Leonard. You can schedule a call or send me an email. Um, reach out to me on any of the socials. Go to themighty.com. Find somebody with your same diagnosis. Just don't do it alone. Yeah, the, when I think about how in the midst of illness, we continue to find ways to keep our hearts and minds and spirits well, this one's crucial. You don't do it alone. So pick up the phone, send a text, send an email. Don't do it alone. All right, subscribe, sign up to get this podcast delivered the moment it's released, review me over on iTunes. All of these things would be appreciated, but most of all, I hope you'll tune back in another time. And until then, I do hope that you and yours are doing well. <laughs>